ESPN, Head in the Game. Hello, I'm John McGee, and this is Head in the Game, your ultimate take on one of the big sporting events of the week. Today, we're focusing on the biggest ever baseball game to be hosted in Europe, the MLB clash between the Boston Red Sox and the New York Yankees at the London Stadium this weekend. With all the history between the two teams, we couldn't have asked for a better game to kick off the London series. Jamie and Rachel are away, and as I currently present the Batflips and Nerds baseball podcast, they've kindly asked me to present Head in the Game. But I couldn't do this on my own, so back on the podcast is broadcaster and legend of the wrestling ring, SoCal Val. How are you? Oh my goodness, legend. That is a serious accusation there, John. I will accept it, though. Legend of the wrestling ring, and you were telling me (laughs) earlier, legend of the baseball diamond, too. Well, yes, you know, I figure why not have an American here to discuss an American pastime? I have such great memories as a kid of going to see the minor league baseball team, the Diablos in El Paso, Texas, where I grew up. So we have a lot to discuss today. I'm really excited. But before we get to all of the fun and before we speak to our first guest, here's Voice with his quickfire guide to the big event in 60 seconds. Voice, take it away. The MLB London Series clash between the Boston Red Sox and the New York Yankees is the first ever MLB game to be held in Europe. It's a sellout, despite a top price seat of nearly £400. Since before the American Revolution, New York and Boston have shared a rivalry of cities, and the enmity between the Red Sox and the Yankees is one of the fiercest in sport. It all goes back a 100 years to 1919, when Red Sox owner Harry Frazee sold star player Babe Ruth to the Yankees, which was followed by an 86-year period in which the Red Sox didn't win a World series, the so-called Curse of the Bambino. There have been many close encounters over the last century, none closer than in 1978, when the teams tied for first, with the New Yorkers winning a high-profile tiebreaker game to take the title. The Red Sox finally ended their 86-year curse in 2004 in the most dramatic of circumstances, defeating their better rivals 4-3, a victory made it even sweeter as the Yankees led 3-0, considered the biggest collapse in baseball history. The Yankees-Red Sox matchup is regularly the most watched MLB game on US TV, and this unique clash is to be watched by millions across the Atlantic. <sighs> That's Voice with his take on the big event, and he'll be back later for the quiz. John, I hope you're ready for that one. Mm, I'm as ready as I'll ever be, ready to embarrass myself. <laughs> Perfect. Pro- should probably move on. <laughs> so it's time to introduce our first guest. Joining us on the line, he presents ESPN's baseball show for Brits, Caps Off. It's Phil Murphy. Phil, how are you? I am wonderful, guys. Thanks for having me on. Um, counting the days till the London series, counting the days till I, I get to London. I, I'm fortunate enough to be there uh, a few days early, more than a few days early. So it'll be good, man. I mean, uh, there's a lot of buzz here about the series, which is surprising for me. And I can't wait to see what it's like in person in London as we build up toward Red Sox Yankees next weekend. So, Phil, just how big a deal is the Yankees playing against the Red Sox in London? Because MLB Commissioner Robert Manford recently called this one of the best rivalries in baseball. So how big of a deal is this? Oh, I mean, I would disagree with the commissioner, and I would say it is the biggest rivalry (laughs) in baseball. I mean, it goes back more than 100 years. You have the curse of the Bambino, the greatest player to have ever lived, Babe Ruth, who played for the Red Sox, was traded, sold to the Yankees. It took the Red Sox 86 years to win a World Series after that, and they were watching their rivals from about two hours' drive away stack up world title after world title, and now they're the two pillar franchises in all of baseball. I I mean, the Cubs-Cardinals, which is coming to London next year, is, is I would say is a close second followed by maybe the Dodgers and the Giants in terms of heated rivalries. But nothing really compares to the Red Sox and the Yankees, at least 
least in American baseball, certainly, but maybe even in all of American sport. And these are two teams. They're top. They're peak. Last year was the first in which both the Red Sox and the Yankees each won more than 100 games in the same season. And right now, they're both tracking toward a postseason berth again. So this is a very important series in a competitive sense. And then to be the representatives going to London, baseball's first regular season game, not just in England or the UK, but in all of Europe for the regular season. When the NFL first set foot in London, with all due respect to the teams they sent, they weren't sending their marquee franchises, but baseball is starting with a splash. Red Sox-Yankees is as big as it gets, and you saw that with how quickly tickets sold out, the insane prices for tickets on the secondary market. Uh, There's a certain appetite there, both from fans locally and from fans in the U.S. to be part of this historic event, even for those I've heard who aren't even going to the game. They're just going there to kind of be around it, much like you would have a Super Bowl week here in the U.S. And it's been really cool to see the fan interest, people who are genuinely interested in the game, whether they have vested interest in a specific team or not. The interaction on social media with Caps Off and that show and fans constantly sending us content, it feels to a small degree like we're part of that ambassador team for Major League Baseball overseas. The reward of seeing it appreciated and cherished and followed over there, it's just such a cool process. So again, I can't overstate how much I'm looking forward to being part of it and just taking a moment to scan the field. I hope I have enough mental awareness to just call a mental timeout and look around and say like, (laughs) man, so many of these people... This, this might be their first baseball game, and they get to see the Red Sox and the Yankees. I've never been to a Red Sox-Yankees game in the U.S., and I get to go to one in Europe, so that'll be really cool. And for those people who've not been to these games before, Phil, who are the big players that they need to be looking out for on these two squads? Two of the best squads, right? Oh, yeah, they are two of the best squads. And again, they both won 100 games last year. And, and for context, I mean, every season you get somewhere between, well, zero and, and, and maybe three teams at most to win 100 games. So for two of them to have done it, it's it's not too dissimilar from like Man City and Liverpool this year, you know, approaching Centurion status, Man City finishing on 98 points and Liverpool finishing on 97. I mean, that's the kind of stature that these teams carry with how they performed last year. But as far as individual players, we'll get a better idea for pitching matchups as we get closer to the game it, when baseball a pitcher throws a starting pitcher throws every fifth game or so so whether it's Chris Sale one of the best pitchers in baseball or Masahiro Tanaka for the Yankees Sale of, of course on the Red Sox that's who people will hope to see but the bats are more predictable you know who's going to start if healthy for these teams at least on an offensive side and the if healthy caveat is important the Yankees have been really banged up this year but guys are coming back at the right time so they just traded for Edwin Encarnacion he leads the American League in home runs Uh, The Yankees also have Gary Sanchez, who's second in the American Mm. League in home runs. And, of course, Aaron Judge for the Yankees. They have an embarrassment of riches in terms of power at the plate. The Red Sox may be a little bit more balanced, whether it's J.D. Martinez uh, with his bat, Xander Bogarts. I think he has Dutch nationality, as does Didi Gregorius on the Yankees. Mookie Betts is the reigning American League MVP. Jackie Bradley Jr., one of the best defensive players in baseball. His bat's starting to come around after a very slow start. So I would say if you're curious for names to watch, the best thing I can recommend, ESPN.co.uk or ESPN.com should work as well. Go check out the rosters, check out the players, and familiarize yourself with some of the names. Form-wise, who's doing the best at the moment? It's been a bit of an up-and-down year for both teams, hasn't it? It has. ESPN.com graded 
how all of the teams did, and they gave the Red Sox an F minus, which I don't even think that's a thing. Wow. But that's as, that's as bad of a start as you could have. But they've really turned it around in the interim. I believe they have a top five record in baseball. So if you look at the last month and a half, they are a top five team, which is where they expected to be. They won 108 games last year, won the World Series last year. That 108 games, that's the most wins they've ever had in a single season. The Yankees, despite their injuries, have been more consistent. They've been at or near the top of the division all year. They lead their division, which is very important. So this series is very significant for both these teams. I still think, despite the Red Sox slow start and despite the fact that if the playoffs started today, they would be a wild card team. I would be surprised if both of these teams weren't in the last four for the American League playoffs when we're talking again in September or October. That's how they would be in terms of form. And for the Red Sox, with that slow start, a lot of their players had a similar trajectory. The Yankees have been more consistent, which is scary because they've been so depleted by injury. Now they're getting some of their best players back and healthy right in time for London. I was actually talking to our producer, Ben, about that today. These teams should be at their best once London comes around. And for the Yankees, they'll be healthy for the first time all year. We don't want to get too controversial here, Phil, but we kind of want you to play favorites. So you got to tell us, who are you tipping to win each game? Well, a lot of that depends on the pitching matchups. Sorry to have that answer, but it is so important in baseball. If you have an ace like Chris Sale against someone toward the bottom of the rotation from, say, the Yankees or any team, you're going to tip the ace. So we won't know until the week of the game with rainouts and, and maybe some injuries and other things like that, how the rotation is going to work for starters. So I would say keep an eye on starting pitching. But all things equal, if we said, you know, say Tanaka v. Sale as the best versus the best and number two versus number two starter, if it works out that way, I'd have to give the slight nod to the Yankees because this is a team that's so reliant on power hitting. And the scary thing is they've been winning games really with a top 10 power offense, but this is the team that set the major league record for home runs a year ago. So you expected them to be hitting the ball all over the yard. And London Stadium, as much as people wanted to get upset, at least stateside, about this being played on an artificial surface, first time ever Red Sox and Yankees, by the way, played not on natural grass. I don't think that's going to matter. What I think might matter is the wall length away from home plate. Much like in the English Premier League, fields have pitches have different widths and length ever so slightly. There's a range in which the matches can be played on a given pitch. The same is true in Major League Baseball. That smaller field will play in the Yankees' favor. It'll make for great baseball. You'll have higher scoring, more exciting games. So let's talk a little bit about Caps Off. It's been new this year, a baseball show especially for Brits. What are your plans around the series? You must be going big, I hope. We're going to do fan events. A big part of the show is something called Step Up to the Dish. I sample food from ballparks around the country. Mark Donaldson, my co-host, my, my Scottish friend, is going to uh, take me around London to some places to sample some food. I don't know if I'm supposed to tell you guys that, but I just did. So, Ooh, that's an exclusive. Nice. Um, yeah. So uh, we're gonna have some. We're gonna be at a couple fan events in the in the days leading up to the games. We're gonna be looking at the stadium itself, bring to life some of the history of the two franchises. Because again, if if you've only started watching baseball in the last five to ten years, we want to give a better understanding to to the uninitiated supporter of either team just to really give a grasp of what this history is like and if you are someone who follows these teams then yeah watching videos of old rivalry should be a lot of fun still and then really as much as we're able hype up the rivalry so we'll have some conversations with players and managers in the days leading up to the game some features from around london some sights sounds food and then of course the game itself the games themselves on the weekend at london stadium it's really going to be a whirlwind for us. This really is, for me, a, a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to see the Red Sox and the Yankees play together in England, in London. 
So you said earlier, Phil, that you've been enjoying quite a lot of interaction with the British fans. You know, them sending their photos from the the ballparks, interacting with you on social media, and so on. What have you learned most about baseball fans in the UK whilst you've been working on Caps Off? I don't mean this to be insulting. I didn't realize as many fans were as fluent as they were with the game. I don't have to dumb down the conversation when I'm talking to a fan. I watch and cover, for example, I watch and cover cricket here stateside. And any one of my friends, if I mention, oh my gosh, did you see Bangladesh chasing West Indies the other day? I really have to simplify the terminology when I'm talking to them about that game. I was wrong. There are so many really informed fans, which is a credit to you guys over there for both bringing the game and being ambassadors for the game there, but also just the fans being willing to get up midnight, one in the morning, or stay up, depending on how your night's going. I know baseball games can be long, too, so if you're sitting there and you're tuning into Red Sox-Yankees in the U.S., I mean, that could be a 1 a.m. start for you and not ending till 5 in the morning. We have fans who will watch the games and inter- interact on social media, and even beyond Red Sox and Yankees, some of the the lesser-known, less famous teams. UK Phillies are very active. The Mets supporters are very active. I'm a Mets supporter. I don't know if I could get up at 1 in the morning to watch the Mets, but people are doing that, so it's really cool to see. So that, for me, would be what I learned the most. The fans are so much further along in general with their knowledge of baseball than one would assume stateside. We have been able to be a little bit more of a bridge to those who are starting to learn the game and then to those who have had this unfulfilled appetite for a specific show for them. So for us, the biggest challenge is we want more show bandwidth. We want more time to talk about everything that we can. And that's a good problem to have. Yeah, there's definitely some diehard fans here in the UK, but there will also be a lot of new fans attending the games as well. So what's an unexpected thing that you think the fans here in the UK will love about American baseball? The tension that exists between every pitch, especially late on. If we're in a game where it's, say, six to six, top of the ninth, and the Yankees have a runner in scoring position, and Aaron Judge is at the plate, heart rates are going to, going to be elevated throughout the stadium for the one, two, three minute duration of that at bat. So that's something I would say would surprise is that if you're watching highlights of baseball, it's like, oh, home run, home run, home run. Watching a game live, there's so much tension between each pitch. And so much strategy down to the type of ball the pitcher is going to throw, how to pitch around certain batters, who does well against right-handed pitchers, left-handed pitchers. Those tense nuances where baseball becomes something of a chess match is something that uh, I think will surprise. Honestly, I would also say from talking to both teams in spring training, I was down in Florida in late February talking to the team before the season. The players are so excited to be a part of this as well. Oftentimes you'll see or I've heard, you know, in, in other sports when teams are sent abroad it's seen as something of a burden just because of the travel and the time change and it's in the middle of the season and all logistics that have that are at play there and that will be at play with the Red Sox and the Yankees the days off that they take in travel and commuting over to London they have to make up at some point but I would say from talking to these players there's this universal appreciation for being part of this effort to grow the game and the players are just like, man, we wish we were in London longer. The appreciation that UK fans show the players will very likely be reciprocated back equally. This time last year, there was quite a lot of anger from the fans about the fact that the Red Sox particularly were losing two home games to, to come over here to London and, and amuse us Brits. And we've seen the same thing around the Cubs and Cardinals in the last couple of weeks. Is that something that's still there? Have the fans calmed down or are they still a bit miffed that we're getting the entertainment instead of them? Honestly, I just think that's the loud minority. The majority are happy with it. They're excited to see the teams over there, especially those who are traveling. I mean, I have two separate friends who are independently flying to London 
they could drive to a Red Sox Yankees game, but they're flying to London to go to one of the games of the series just because they want to be a part of this. So sure, I mean, the Red Sox did have to sacrifice two home games for this against their bitter rival. Most fans see the bigger picture. I mean, there was a story that came out in the Chicago paper that I'm not going to name. And it was like, it was for me, one of the more ignorant takes about fans not fully being able to appreciate Cubs Cardinals. Why would we send this game over there to fans who have no interest in seeing it? You saw how quickly tickets sold out for this. There's a demand for baseball in any sport. For me, the high tide rises all ships. So the more baseball becomes popular in the UK, the better it is for the game. You're going to see more kids take up baseball as a result of this. So anyone who says that for me is just missing the big picture. I think the Red Sox even would say, yeah, we're losing two home games, but we get 81 of them. What you're hearing there is just the most vocal discontented fans. I would say 80 to 85 percent are completely in favor of it. Fully excited for this series to take off. So, Phil, one thing this is going to be a bit of an innovation for you and your fans over there in in America. This is going to be breakfast baseball. How do you think it's going to go? Are many people going to be tuning in with their croissants and their granola over in uh, New York and Boston? I would say they would. And and it's funny because it is breakfast baseball, but it is on a weekend. So it's not like it's it's interrupting anyone's workday. For those who are here stateside who follow, say, the English Premier League, we're used to breakfast sport. The Red Sox and the Yankees, they're notorious for playing long games. They'll often play a nine inning game that runs over four hours. So if you're tuning in to, say, a primetime game, it's a first pitch here at either 7 or 8 p.m., Hey, man, I got to work in the morning. I can't be watching a game till 1230 or 1 a.m. I'm someone who on a Saturday afternoon would be tuning in for day side or lunchtime baseball or late breakfast baseball. I'm taking that as a win because you can watch the game and then still do something with your night or the rest of your day. Ratings are going to do just fine just because it's going to be something new. Yes, the Red Sox and the Yankees play 19 times a year and they have a storied history. Fenway Park and Yankee Stadium are just two meccas for baseball. They're iconic venues. But this is something different. People will like the fact that by 3, 4 in the afternoon, they're done watching their teams and they can go on with the rest of their day. Well, speaking of the rest of your day, we've got to ask what your plans are when you get to the UK, because now you're here for real this time. This isn't just a layover. So what are you most (laughs) looking forward to? I'm coming a few days early with my wife and uh, we're going to do some sightseeing. Uh, If you have any restaurant recommendations. Oh, yeah. I actually have a map that I'm holding right now. There's some nice spots we found online. Hopefully the reviews are, are accurate. And then uh, after that, it's just going to be a lot of work-related things and meeting with players, meeting with teams. But yeah, I'll be touring around downtown and being a tourist and have my cell phone out as I pose next to Big Ben. I'll be your typical goofy American tourist who has no idea what he's doing. Did you just say that you were going to use a map? What's a map? 2019. Come on, Phil. What's going on with that? I'm old school. I post a photo of this. I got blue marker for restaurants and red marker for bars. Oh, my goodness. We're going to need selfie Uh, evidence of this on social media. And I'll tell you what, John and I will gladly be your tour guides while you're here in London. And I think we definitely need to set up a little tailgate party. I'm down. I'm so down. Tremendous. Okay, we'll see you there, man. Great talking to you all. Thank you so much, Phil. Phil. Bye. ESPN, head in the game. Okay, so that was Phil Murphy, the host of Caps Off, and true to his word, within 30 seconds of hanging up on that phone call, he has sent us that map, Val. What a man. I don't know if I've ever seen a map like that unless I'm watching National Treasure. What's weird is he didn't sound 93 years old. That's what's interesting, huh? He's going to put 93 miles in at least over the course of the next few days. That That's quite some route. I bet you all those pins are in Nando's. 
I bet that's what it is. If he's got reservations <laughs> in Nando's, well, it'll certainly get good reviews on uh, on TripAdvisor. But we'll we'll see. I hope he's got better than that. Goodness me! Absolutely. But you know what? As, as excited as we are about these games, now I'm even more excited to hear that he's coming all this way to London, and it's a once in a lifetime opportunity for him. I mean, it just got us hyped up. Absolutely, it really did. I mean, I'm hyped up already. But yeah. if people are coming from as far away as he is, and they're hyped up too, then you know this really must be something. No, 100. percent And speaking of people far away, uh, I don't know if you noticed, but there are two other people in the studio here with us. Where'd they come from? Hey, guys! Hey, 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 hey! hey, hey. Now you mention it, I had, and they are our super fans. So we've got representing the Boston Red Sox, Johnny Wall from the UK Boston Red Sox fans group on Facebook, and representing the New York Yankees, it's Jack Brown, who runs the NY Yankees UK Twitter account. Jack, how are you, first of all? I am brilliant. It's a pleasure to be here, guys. And Johnny, how are you? Yeah, very good. Thanks for the invite. Can I just point out, by the way, that we know this is audio only, which Jack and I knew it was, but we still represented... (laughs) By wearing New York Yankees gear to the podcast, which, of course, you can verify on our Twitter accounts. We're going to post selfies. We'll get one together before we're done. It had to be done. It had to be done. He looks the part, doesn't he? That just means you popped into the local sports shop (laughs) on the way to the... eBay. Shout out to eBay. How long have you supported the Red Sox and why them? Why not the New York Yankees? Oh, well, I guess like anyone who sort of really started, I suspect Jack was probably the same. We all grew up on sort of Channel 5 baseball. It was young students. You get into to it, got nothing to do in the day, quite frankly, apart from revising who wants to do that. Really, I got a friend who was into the Boston Red Sox, and it just fell for me like that. And it was, I'm going to say, I was a BC, sort of before championship fan, so, you know, I do predate 2004, not one of those that's jumped on since. And hey, they're all more than welcome. We're all big family, but... Uh yeah, it's been good. I've, I've loved it. And my wife would tell you, it uh, drives her nuts. You oh, know, gosh, you got your the, wife into it? Yeah, when, uh, well, yeah, she does. The, the kids particularly love it. <laughs> my little girl is a big Mookie fan. The first thing she could really say when she was two. Oh, that's <laughs> and watching, you know, First Mookie, word, Mookie men. Mookie. My girlfriend and I went to a game at Fenway a few years ago, and her favourite observation was that the two Japanese pitchers on the Red Sox both had their eyebrows threaded because you could see it on the Jumbotron. <laughs> so that yeah. was her takeaway. That Jumbotron does not lie. Everything's in Absolutely. HD. Brother, yeah. <laughs> you must have been to Fenway a few times. Yeah, I've been, yeah, I've been yeah. a couple of times. It's, it's, it's pretty good, right? My favourite times were sitting in the bleachers, sitting in the sun, watching baseball. I've always grew up playing a lot of cricket and was a still am a cricket fan and it was kind of something that I could relate to sitting there watching a game go on not really worrying if I missed a ball <laughs> or a strike or whatever just the social atmosphere is just brilliant well Johnny it's been an up and down season for the defending champions your beloved Red Sox why is that? i got to say, I always think that in the post sort of a, a championship, you kind of need sometimes to shake it up. And I think the Red Sox went out, they signed a couple of guys back, Nathan Avoldi, Steve Pierce. Should they really have done that? I, I, I'd go with the Avoldi purchase, but, you know, Steve Pierce, good veteran, he won the MVP in the uh, World Series. But did he offer us enough over the sort of the season? Probably been proven now we've got a, a guy come up, Michael Jarvis, who's just had a really good start to his rookie season. We knew it was going to be a slow start. They said it was going to be a slow start. Did we start panicking? Hell yeah. First 10 games, you're kind of thinking, okay, well, we're going to Seattle. They started the season earlier. They're hot. Oakland. Okay, we go to there. Oh dear, we still haven't won a game. People start panicking. I gotta say, I don't think they're the team of last year. I think there's a few holes in the lineup. Some of the players are not having the season they were last year. The pitching's probably off the bullpen. Hey, we all knew the bullpen was not going to be good. And last oh, year, last yeah. few weeks, Jack's shaking his last few weeks, last few weeks. Well, he might with the Yankees bullpen. It was interesting yeah. listening to Phil earlier say about Judge up in the ninth inning. You know, man on base, and I'm thinking that's my worst nightmare. I gotta. 
This is why I love baseball and sports in general, because we've got Jack wriggling in his seat. We've got Johnny. <laughs> when he talks about the downs in, in the games, you can just hear that dejection in his voice. You can hear him go... <sighs> it's such an emotional response, but it's great. That's why it's great. A lot of my friends on the on, on our sort of group think I'm actually quite the sensible person in the middle of the ground. So you can imagine there's some really pessimistic people like? out there. Good lord! Yeah, yeah. Winning over the bitter rivals here in London would be a shot in the arm to put the season going back in the right direction. It will be. But I actually think it's probably the sort of trip the players need. It's kind of a reset. They can get out of the Boston bubble. They're on a good run at the moment. If they can continue, they got a hard series against the Twins coming up who are playing lights out baseball this year. You know, if they can go through that and come into the series strong, win those two games, yeah, why not? Johnny's now reclining on a chaise long so uh, <laughs> Val maybe we should just ask him More about the experience here. yeah I mean I gotta ask how excited you are for the Red Sox to be playing in London I mean for for the fans that'll be watching and for you personally will you be at the game yeah I'm going Saturday and Sunday we probably could never really have dreamed of it it's gonna be an awesome experience and I'm hoping it's a really good game because look I think it's been said sort of by Phil this is a great opportunity to grow baseball and Jack I'm sure will agree with me that 100%. if we want better exposure as fans in terms of profile, more games on television, more easy access to the players or whatever, then this has to be a good thing. And this is, you know, I'm, I'm stoked. It's our game. It's the Red Sox-Yankees. Would I have been there if it was another rivalry? Probably yes, almost certainly. Right, Jack, it's on to you. And given that yes. Val is sat here in uh, New York Yankees <laughs> pinstripes, <laughs> it's about time, as if it hadn't been obvious, for me to come clean and say that I do root, root, root for the Red Sox. So oh I'm in the hot God. seat for you. You're just trying to make it well, easy, you know, like a true politician. <laughs> this guy. I'm off the fence well and truly now. So, Jack. Is that a baseball reference? Yeah, it is. <laughs> How long have you been a fan of the evil empire, the New York Yankees? Wow. Um, well, Harsh. the Yankees, as we all know, are probably the most well-known baseball franchise in all of baseball. I've always been a fan of them in, in a way, but I really started paying attention, like staying up late, watching them, probably around 2012. And then with the Twitter account, started really sort of ramping it up around 2016. And why the Yankees? Just because you like winning? <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, you, you wouldn't know anything about that, John. Don't worry about it. Oh, <laughs> yeah, we know a lot about that. You just be careful. Ooh. Well, I'm a Newcastle United fan, so oh, wow. I've never won anything in my life Bless being a Newcastle heart. fan. So, And to be fair, Yankees haven't won anything since 2009, so can you really say... Don't mention that. Can you really say you're jumping on the bandwagon? I don't think you can. Something about New York... Something about the pinstripes, something about the history. I don't have any connections with the States in any shape or form, so I thought, well, why not? Why not go for this? Given that you've just said you're a Newcastle fan, I'm assuming it's because you like kits that look like barcodes. <laughs> I, I've got my dad to blame for being a Newcastle you fan. You see how John sort of comes off as a nice guy, and then as we roll oh, along, yeah. he starts to get a little venom in his voice? I'm telling oh. you what. Jack, I have to ask oh, yeah. <laughs> have you seen them live much? I've never seen them live. Really? So this oh, is oh, my wow. first cool. baseball oh. experience. I've never been to the States. I'm hoping to go maybe later on in the year, maybe next year if I can. Um, yes, yeah, so this is my first baseball experience, along with many fans from the UK. So it's that's nice. Wonderful. That's fantastic. So it's been a good season for the Yankees, even though they've mm-hmm. been rolling out any old bloke, really, in Pretty the last few weeks. They are, they are starting <laughs> to look like they need to get their big stars, Judge, Stanton, and, and obviously Encarnacion, who they've picked up this week back aren't they yeah we had a really hard start to the season it wasn't as bad as boston's it wasn't the start we'd all hoped for but then we started to pick it up then we started to play we'd had these injuries all year anyway so it's kind of next man up sort of that's that's the phrase we use next man up whoever was there you 
Come on, put on the pinstripes and perform. One of the big stars in in every way conceivable to miss out has been Aaron Judge. It looks like he's going to be back for London, doesn't he? That's that's amazing. Fingers crossed is the best I think Yankee fans can hope for is he will be back. Well, speaking of touching wood and fingers crossed, there's a lot of superstition that goes into Mm -hmm. baseball, and and that extends to the fans as well. So I'm looking at both of you now. I'll include you in this, John. Are there any superstitious things that you do to help your team win? I mean, do you have lucky socks? Does it get weirder than that? Not not really. No, No, I don't have one. Really? No. No. I don't have one. On that note, (laughs) I had had another question for Jack. It's well known that the Yankees don't allow facial hair. Will Mm -hmm. you be shaving your beard for this game? Obviously, there's no video recording this. I can't grow a beard, so this is literally me just being lazy while I've got on my face right now. So I will. I will. That's an exclusive there. In honour of the Yankees. (laughs) So the Yankees have beaten the Red Sox in four out of five games already Mm -hmm. this season, and I'm assuming you expect that's going to continue. It'd be wrong for me to say I don't agree. Every ounce me wants to say the Red Sox will not win another game this year against the Yankees but we all know that's not true so unlike Boston we can actually have an excuse for our poor start and our poor performances in these games is because of injuries whereas the Red Sox have been full strength the whole year and they just can't perform this year and I don't buy the World Series hangover I just don't think they're that good hmm. Oh Jonathan are you going to come back to that? <laughs> I, just, I don't I think you are the way you're looking there I think hey look I don't really bind it myself the Red Sox team has had a slow start across the board are generally underperforming but they are coming back well, Jack and I, we are just beaming with Yankee pride over here. And it's so important to have pride for your team. But, Jack, how desperate are Yankees fans to beat the Red Sox to the World Series this year? I mean, what would it mean for the Yankee fans in the MLB, UK, and U.S. communities? It would mean everything. The worst-case scenario last year was what happened. They couldn't get any worse than what he did last year. Oh, no. Them winning winning the title last year was the worst thing in the cabinet. We got absolutely trounced in in the division series. There's no other word of saying it. You can't put it any other way, really. It wasn't very nice, especially when you're watching on MLB TV and every other popular clip in between breaks is that Machado swinging off his feet to lose the game, and it's... Something just always rubbed in your face. So yeah, hopefully, hopefully, couldn't fingers crossed. To a better man either. Really. It doesn't happen for how many years was it? Curse the Bambino. How many years? Was that? Eighty-six. Eighty. Hopefully, for another eighty-six yeah. years, we don't have to watch it again. <laughs> well, Jack, you oh, mentioned you're going to be live at the games. Mm-hmm. I mean, describe your excitement level for this. I mean, uh, how, how do you feel going into this? I, I can't sit still. I every, noticed every, that. Every time, <laughs> I, every time I think about it, it just it gets. I've got so much stuff planned. I've managed to get the whole weekend. Sounds so away from the girl, but it's not just being away. <laughs> The whole weekend is going to be 24-7 baseball. It's going to be nothing else from the Friday when we go to the workout day on the Friday. First thing in the morning, going to get there and then it's just going to be baseball, 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 baseball. It's going to be nothing else and I cannot wait. So how do you see it going, guys? I'll ask both of you. Jack, it looks like you're, you're bullish. Can you call a two-game set a sweep? I, I, I don't. I think you can. I, I think it has the to be... The mention of the broom. For me, there has to be... I'm going to say sweep. I think we're going to win yeah. it. And I think we're going to win it convincingly. And uh, Johnny... Well, hey, look what I like. I've got to count to 2-0 Boston, haven't I? Yeah. got to count to 2-0 Boston. Way, no, exactly. No. Come here going 1-1 draw. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we, we can. A 1-1 one, one draw would be very in keeping with uh, West Ham's performance oh. last year. Well, I, well, I was going to say, probably would have been a good scoreline there. Yeah, it would have been a good scoreline. Well, we know there's going to be diehards and loyal fans here, but at the same time, it's exciting to think about all the fans that are seeing American baseball for the very, very first time. So I'm going to ask both of you this question, and I want you to give your best promo, if you will. Why should a new fan root for your team in particular and not the other? I'm going to go with Jack oh, first, just because he's my Yankee bro. It's bro. the New York Yankees. It's the New York. It's the, the 27 championships. Chase for 28 is on. 
the pinstripes, the Bronx, Yankee Stadium, Babe Ruth. There's so much stuff. And people, please do not buy into the fact you can't support the Yankees because you can. I don't buy into anyone but the Yankees. Uh, The history speaks for itself. Exactly. They are the team. There's no other way about it. No no matter what Boston say, they are the team. (laughs) Let's hear what Boston does have to say. Over to you, Johnny. I just wonder, did he mention anyone from this century? Oh, oh, wow. oh I'm just wondering. Oh, I'm just wondering. Hey, hey, hey. No, no. Um, why Boston? <laughs> hey, well, Boston's the underdog. Always has been. It's probably been the little brother sort of biting at the ankles of the, of the big, nasty, evil empire down the road. Um, so anyone who's into Star Wars, clearly we are the good side. Luke Skywalker, all of that. But the dark side's um, always better, isn't yeah, it? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, well, the, dark, the baddie's always the yeah. best. Yeah. They always look better, on. too. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, Stripes. Hey, look, Boston is just a great town. It's a great family, great club. We've got a really good setup here in the UK for those people who want to get involved. Um, I'm going to plug this, so because, well, hey, I might be my only opportunity to. We've sort of got a Facebook page called Boston Red Sox Fans of the UK, where we've got a really large community um, who basically communicate with each other. We have regular catch-ups. Um, we did a trip to the US this year. Ten people went over, had a couple of days at the at Red Sox, trying to promote sort of a group and a following community because that's what we're all into. Now, me and Jack will argue about who's better, the Red Sox and the Yankees, but, hey, mm-hmm. we'll probably still have a beer afterwards because we like the game. Yeah, you uh, slash your yeah, tyres and you're yeah. good. I get exactly. it. <laughs> exactly. We're watching you both in the parking lot. We've got CCTV. Thank you. <laughs> we have loved having you guys here in the studio. I mean, you could cut the tension with a knife, but other than that, it's been a barrel elapsed. But we're about to do our quiz, which I know that John is a little nervous about, but can you guys stick around for the quiz? Yeah, yeah. 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 Are you ready for this? No. No. (laughs) Either way, it's time for the quiz and we come right back. Can I take the fifth on this? (laughs) No. (laughs) So now it's time for the big one. It's the Head in the Game quiz as presented by the legendary voice. Oh, the voice is back. How are you, voice? Hello, my dear. I I can't remember whether I call you so, Cal or Val. All three. All three. It's thrice as nice, voice. It's been marvellous to see you after all this time. You're looking very well. Your voice is as smooth as butter, as always. Uh, It's like a silk pillow to my ear. Oh, perhaps we should see each other afterwards. No, no, guys, we've got a quiz to do here. Okay, here we go. Yes, it's the Head in the Game quiz. John, SoCal Val, Johnny and Jack. We're going to call this one the Curse of the Bambino Multiple Choice. John, question number one. Red Sox owner Harry Frazee famously sold Babe Ruth to the Yankees, but which Broadway musical did the sale allegedly finance? A. Poppy B. No Known Annette C. Lady Be Good D. The Girlfriend It's B. No Known Nanette. Very good. Good start there for John. So Cal Val... What did Babe Ruth keep under his hat to keep his head cool during matches? A. A piece of wet linen. B. Aloe vera leaves. C. A piece of cabbage. D. A denim headband. Oh, I know Babe Ruth is a candy bar. I'm going to go with B. Aloe vera leaves? Yes. I'm afraid it was a piece of cabbage. Do you know that one? Man. Nobody knows. (laughs) Johnny. Question number three. Red Sox fans are a superstitious bunch, so what event did some claim ended the Curse of the Bambino? A. A foul shot knocked out of the teeth of a boy in the crowd who lived on the farm once owned by Babe Ruth. B. A curse-breaking ceremony performed by musician Jimmy Buffett dressed up as a witch doctor. C. An advert for a Ford pickup featuring new Red Sox signing Kurt Schilling saying he'd had an 86-year-old curse to break. D. All of the above. Gee whiz. 
Um, I'm not going to read that again. No, I know you're not. No, 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 no shitty voice. Um, certainly, I would go C. Uh, but probably all of the above. Knowing it's us correct. Yeah. Very, very yeah. good. Jack, the pressure's on. Which famous British football movie was adapted to tell the curse of the Bambino story? A. Fever Pitch. B. The Damned United. C. When Saturday Comes. D. Goal. I'm going to go for A. Fever Pitch. Is correct. Ooh. Next round. True or false? John. In 1919, a New York Yankee fan beat an ostrich in a spaghetti-eating contest. True or false? Oh, wow. Uh, true. I'm going to go true. Hope it's true. Is right. Yes. So, Calval. <laughs> Serial killer Charles Manson was a fan of the Boston Red Sox. True or false? Well, he's in good company with Johnny, so I'm going to say true. False. It was the Yankees. <laughs> Johnny, here we go. The New York Yankees were originally named the New York Highlanders. True or false? True. Is correct. Jack, Alex Cora, manager of the Red Sox team that won last year's World Series, had to tattoo the entire team's names on his chest as a bet forfeit. False. False, unfortunately. Okay, final round. It's mighty close. Here we go. Animal-themed baseball term or curveball from my warped imagination. John, <laughs> rooster tail. Uh, Is I, it a baseball uh, term or have I made it up? I think you've made that up. No, it's a baseball term. Oh. A spinning ball rolling on wet grass that kicks up a line of water behind it. Bad luck. SoCal Val. Hmm. B, hunting the bear. I think I've been to that nightclub. Uh, that's, uh, um, Say no more. That's definitely true. That, that, that's a real. That's no, real. it's false. It's curveball from my warped imagination. Johnny. I don't want to talk about your imagination. Indeed. <laughs> Ducks on the pond, Johnny. Baseball term or curveball from my warped imagination? It's a baseball term. Is correct. Oh. It means a player is stuck on second or third base. Jack, elephant ears. I'm going to say that's made up. It's a baseball term, oh, chap. Oh, it's when the lining of a player's pockets are sticking out. Oh, yeah. oh dear. Oh. You're never going to guess, but we have a tie. <laughs> what? <laughs> a tie between everybody. You've all failed in equal measure. Oh, so we're going to have a very quick tiebreaker now. Okay. John, Paul McCartney, Yankee or Red Sox fan? Red Sox fan. Yankee. So, Calval, Matt Damon, Red Sox or Yankee? Yankee. Red Sox. Oh, oh my goodness. You're out. Just down to the two super fans. Johnny, Tom Brady, Red Sox or Yankee? Red Sox. Correct. Jack, Tiger Woods, Yankee or Red Sox? Yankee. Is correct. The super fans have won. Oh, <laughs> my God. How did I miss the Matt Damon question? I mean, I had posters of him on my wall and everything. I don't want the to presenters, you leave with nothing. Oh. Oh dear. Not even a shame in Paul McCartney. I'll no. never listen to the Beatles again. Wow. And that is the head in the game quiz. Goodbye. Wow. Bye. Voice is getting uh, very, very morbid, isn't he? Serial killers to musicals to ostriches. Somebody's got to watch him. I'm thoroughly ashamed that I mean no, no, no. <laughs> I will never let that You get the musical questions. I get asked about serial killers. 
So that's about all for this week. Guys, have you enjoyed yourselves? Yes, yes loved every great. And guys listening at home, don't forget to subscribe for free and review the podcast so you can keep up with us every week. Yes, absolutely. It's been such fun. And next week, the lovely Rachel is back with a Wimbledon preview special and you don't want to miss it. So I've got a post-it here from Jamie and apparently we need to say this next bit all at the same time. So oh. guys, I hope you're ready. So until then, keep your head, head in the, the game. game. I know I will. <laughs> ESPN, head in the game.